Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show, hour number two. How's everybody doing this morning? Hope you had a good weekend. Stay warm out there. Crazy weather last night, all those tornado warnings. Hope everybody's all right. Are the Saints all right? How do you view that game yesterday? Is it one of their bunkers, or is it something to be more concerned about? Look back at the last few years. They've had some clunkers late in the season. Certainly their body of work as of late has been better. But, boy, they did not look good yesterday against the Philadelphia Eagles. No. And now you got the Kansas City Chiefs coming to the Superdome on Saturday. Um, There's a lot of places you can go. There's a lot of places you can go as to where things went wrong yesterday. You can look at Taysom Hill. You can look at that Saints defense in the first half deciding they were going to play a lot of man coverage, but not spy Jalen Hurts. So, therefore, their backs were to him, and the defensive ends couldn't contain him at all, and therefore he just ran for a whole lot of yards. You can look at the Saints' old line and the interior pressure they gave up against a quarterback who is a half-second slow in terms of his feel in the pocket. You can look at Will Lutz, a Pro Bowl kicker who, yeah, he might be, what, 21 or 26 on the season, but is having a really bad stretch with multiple missed kicks the last two weeks, including two yesterday that were huge. You can look at an onside kick where somehow the Saints did everything right except got manhandled under the pile and lost the ball, and had they recovered it like they were in position to, actually would have had a shot to somehow pull off a potential win that they had no business pulling off, but no. You could look at a fourth and two call in the second half when the Saints had scored 14 unanswered and were only down three. And at that point, we're playing a Philly defense that had lost five starters due to injury, including three in the secondary. And they decide to call a play where a quarterback who struggles to throw the ball while he's moving, rolling out to the short side of the field, granted he's right-handed, on a half-field read. You can look at a Philly defense that struggled to run the ball, and the Saints didn't run much. Nothing at the half. Could have been 20 to nothing, but Jake Elliott missed a 22-yard field goal. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. So if you're looking, again, if you're looking for positives from that particular game, you're not going to get them here. You're not going to get them here. If you're looking for positives on the outlook for the rest of the season, we could go into that, but I would I would save that for a little bit later on this week. Come on, this is Reactionary Monday. This is what we do. This is what I do anyway. This is what I do. 269-1077. Phone lines are open. You can also email me, scott at ESPN1420.com, or you can tweet the show at ESPN1420. Taysom Mill has 10 fumbles right now. 10. In 13 games. And he's only started four of them. He has 10 fumbles this year. He is closing in on the Saints record 
for most fumbles in a season. Now he's Aaron, he's got to pass Aaron Brooks and George Rogers, and Aaron Brooks has four of those. But Aaron Brooks fumbled eleven times in 02, 13 and 04, 13 and 01, 14 and 03. But you know what else? He's also started every game in those seasons. Every game. George Rogers fumbled 13 times in 1981. I mean, it, the, he only he's only lost, what, four of them, three of them? Golly. I mean, the fumbles have come at times where when the other team recovers, they're totally, just completely momentum killers. Now, Breeze comes back this week. Maybe, you know, he, he doesn't break the fumble record, but he'll, I'll say what I said last week. On the show. If he doesn't clean up the fumbles, then when Drew Brees does come back, Peyton's not going to use him as much in the role he had prior to that. The Saints went from having a 58% chance of getting the number one seed in the NFC and to buy to a 26% chance by losing to a team that prior to yesterday had three wins and a tie against the Bengals. Oof. Oof. It was rough. It was a bad performance yesterday. ESPN1420.com. Going to get into some college football chat a little bit later. We talk some college hoops and high school football as well in the first hour. If you want to hit on any of that, we'll hear from Sean Payton, his post-game audio here in just a couple of minutes. Right now, though, let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the show. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Norman, what, what, what number are you calling from? I'm calling from my personal line. It's the Batman line. <laughs> what? I, I just see a name on the ID, and it does not say Norman Locke. I know it doesn't say Norman. Batman line. It's supposed to say Batman when I call. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't say Batman either. What's up? <laughs> I, I was just listening in. I got I got uh, listeners tweeting me on Twitter. Giving me their views of how you're talking about the Saints. I just want to call in and say it sounds pretty fair to me. Sound like you're going through everything pretty thorough. Oh, I can't believe you're calling to compliment me. Well, thank, well, thank, thank you, Norman. I just had to call in. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a bad game hey, by a bad. There's no, there's no way, there's no way to sugarcoat it like that. If if you wanna, if you wanna try to make excuses or draw positives for how they played yesterday, I think you, you're barking up the wrong tree. You know, you got to call it, it. It was just bad. It was just bad. Well, they were looking at. Well, they were doing this. Stop making excuses. They just they got beat by a bad team. Period. Oh, thank you, thank you. That that you just you started my Monday off. Enjoy your show, Scott. <laughs> All right, Norm. We'll talk to you Thursday, dude. <laughs> oh, Norman. Norman texted me. He was like in the Cowboys one. I thought he wanted them to lose. He was talking about draft picks. Cowboys did win. The Andy Dalton revenge game. Yeah, I mean, I get, I guess it's, I guess it's the Washington football team now. I guess they're the, they've got the, they've got a hold on the the NFC least. They got to play Seattle this week, then Carolina, then at Philly. That Washington defense is no joke. Let me tell you something. I don't think they're they're they're, they're not they're not running the table here. They're not going to finish with a winning record, but. Whoever, whoever has to face them, 
which very well, you might see them play Seattle twice in the span of a month. It might be Seattle. But whoever is the the, the five seed in the NFC, the top-rated wildcard team, having to likely play the Washington football team, you, it better be a team with a really good offensive line. Because I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Washington's good. But I'll tell you that some parts of their team are good, in particular their front four and their defense and their ability to get pressure on the quarterback. It's no joke. It's no joke. I think, you know, of, of all the games in the NFL yesterday, I think Philly's win over the Saints was surprising to some and, and how bad the Saints played. But what stood out the most? Got to see Kansas City and Miami. Not surprised the Chiefs won. Tua had some good moments. I, I, I'll, I'll continue to say Miami's defense is no joke. They're no joke. They're really good. And Kansas City still scored 33 points in that game. So Saints defense, you better be ready on Sunday. Um, I, all there, there was, there was way, way too much, way too much ignition behind the bandwagon that was the New York Giants. Oh, watch out for the Giants. Look out. Arizona went to New York and just punked them in a game that they really needed to get back into the playoff picture. Minnesota desperately needs a kicker. Carolina is the rebuilding team I thought they would be. Some overreaction early in the season. Yeah, they're missing Christian McCaffrey, but it is what it is. He lost to Denver at home. Drew Locke. Derrick Henry is starting to get a little MVP buzz. The Indianapolis Colts, I think, basically assured themselves a playoff spot with the win over Vegas yesterday. The Jets are on pace for 0-16. Green Bay is not perfect by any stretch. They have some weaknesses, but they're probably going to be the one seed. The Chargers and the Falcons, which team, two teams that lose another in terms of losing in epic fashion. Well, who was going to be the loser yesterday? The Chargers tried really hard but ultimately it was the Falcons that were the loser. And last but not least, the Buffalo Bills, at this point in time, have the most impressive resume in the NFL in terms of their body of work to this point. Would I pick them to win a game in the playoffs against the Chiefs? Absolutely not. But a home game in Buffalo on a Sunday night, it was snowing just before the game. I know it didn't snow throughout the game. But, I, gosh, you know, I've, I've, been, I've, done, I've done okay this year in, in the COVID year of, well, you don't have fans in the stands and cardboard cutouts. And maybe some teams have, you know, stand fans, but they're limited and they're spread apart. And there's this piped-in fake crowd noise and whatever. You deal with it. Just happy to have football on. Man, it would have been nice to have the Buffalo Bills in a meaningful game in primetime. They haven't won their division in 25 years. They haven't won their division since Jim Kelly was quarterback. It's been a minute. No, they did not win their division in 99 when they lost on the the Music City Miracle. They were the they were a wild card team. That Started Doug Flutie all year and then decided, oh, let's just play Rob Johnson now in the playoffs. That was a dumb move. Anyway, sorry. Nobody cares about the Bills of the late 90s. But point is, 
beating the Steelers the way they did. Like, they're, they've won six of their last seven, and their one loss was on the road, and it was the Hale-Murray play, where DeAndre Hopkins just went up and, and just did things that probably only he can do. Outside of that, their only other losses were to the Chiefs and the Titans on a weird Tuesday night. They have beaten good football teams this year. And what do they have left on the schedule? Uh, the Broncos, the Patriots, and then the Dolphins to end the season. And the Dolphins are good, but that game is in Buffalo. Buffalo might go 13-3. and three. Josh Allen is playing like uh, uh, he's not going to win the MVP, but he'll get probably a couple. Stephon Diggs, that was the biggest trade acquisition of the offseason. Guy's 100 catches already in Buffalo for well over 1,100 yards. The Bills are now an elite team. I mean, they, they haven't had a 10-win season since 1999 when they lost in the most heartbreaking fashion in the Music City Miracle. Frank Wycheck, let me ladder it perfectly. Just horizontally, just straight down the line. Kevin Dyson, we've got something. Titans win ballgame. I mean, the Bills, they, they, they haven't won a division in 25 years. They haven't won a playoff game. They're winning a playoff game this year. They might win two. It was a statement for them. A statement. Indeed. And you got one more on the docket for this week. And Baltimore, who desperately needs a win. At Cleveland, who wants to show everybody that they're not the same old Browns. They have a chance to make a statement tonight. So we still got one more really big NFL game on the schedule. ESPN1420.com. Troy checks in. Of course, he's talking about the Dolphins. His Herculean effort from two will fall short. Didn't have his top three running backs. Lost two passing options. Gave his team a chance to win. Mistakes for sure. But continued development from number one. No arguments for me there, Troy. No arguments for me there. It was a loss, but again, I, I the Dolphins, they've got... When you look at teams with the brightest futures in the NFL, just three, four, five years from now, the Dolphins might be at the top of the list, certainly top three. Trade equity, draft equity, young roster, cap space. Things are looking good for Miami right now. Brian Flores has done a hell of a job. Hell of a job. I, I, he's done a good job. Didn't do a good job yesterday. Didn't do a good job yesterday. He's done a good job this year, but there was a lot bad about that performance by the Saints yesterday. And, and look, make no mistake, guys, I'm not sitting here insinuating that this is going to continue or, God, they need to worry. Now, you play really bad against the Chiefs, who were really good. You play bad the week. If you're consistently bad and unprepared and getting beat in the trenches, now you got major concerns heading into the playoffs. But if you play well next week, even if it's in a loss and you know Drew Brees comes back, it's going to be all right. Yesterday, though, no. 
there are no positives to draw from that. Did Sean Payton try to? Here's what he had to say after the game. Hey, Sean, the offense really struggled there in the first half. What do you sort of attribute that to? Yeah, listen, I, I don't I don't think we did much of anything well in the first half, really. And and I think that we just finished talking about it. You know, at halftime, you know, we came out and played with a little bit more sense of urgency, but uh, this league's too good, regardless of who you're playing. And we've got to be better. We've got to do a better job. That starts with me. Um, I felt we were flat. In the end, we rushed for about 70 yards. We get sacked five times. They rushed for 250 yards. Um, we miss field goal. They make a field goal. Uh, overall, um, tip your hat to, to Philadelphia. They, they, they deserve to win tonight. Uh, Sean, can you uh, just describe what you saw with uh, Jalen Hurts in the quarterback run game? Well, listen, I felt like he played well. He played exceptionally well, and he hurt us. Uh, we'll look at the tape. Obviously, we didn't do a good enough job of, of slowing that down. Um, when a team rushes for 250 yards, um, you know, not a lot good can happen. But uh, I'll say this, he was impressive just watching him. I thought he played with poise, made some throws. He was smart. Um, he did a good job. Hey, Sean, what, um, what happened on the, uh, I guess, the fourth down call um, on the end of uh, the, the uh, drive right there? You guys got the fourth down stop. What happened on that play there? Yeah, look, it ended up being a sack. Um, we got a little different coverage. Probably was uh, – it was more of an aggressive call by me, a shot play. And, uh, you know, that's one of those where I want that back um, relative to the timing in the game. You know, we had the momentum, um, kind of have a bust in protection, and uh, we're trying to take a shot to score. Sean, it seems like you guys uh, do a really good job of avoiding coming out flat. It, when, when this sort of thing happens, why do you think that is? If, if you even can put your finger on that. Yeah, look, it's hard to it's hard to point to one specific thing, but it's something as a coach you, you think about every week. You know, are we ready to play? Did we do everything necessary to be ready to play? Or, you know, and so that there's – look, you, you, you evaluate your preparation, and, and we, didn't do, we didn't do a good enough job as coaches, starting with myself and preparing our guys and – and, and getting ready. And now look at halftime, we came back out with a little bit of juice and energy and, and made it, you know, a little bit closer game, but, um, but clearly we didn't play one of our better games today. That was, that was obvious. And, uh, you guys haven't really faced like a lot of quarterbacks who, who run, uh, specifically like designed run plays this year. When, when you're, Seeing that for the first time in, in week 13, does that make it more challenging? Yeah, look, I, you know, each week we're seeing unique and different offenses. And so was this one a little bit more specific? You might say that. Uh, but yet um, it's an RPO-driven team. And uh, look, Jalen, he, he played well. He played really well. Um. <clears throat> And that long uh, drive in the fourth quarter that ended with a 
57 yard missed field goal. Um, it's easy for people to say like, there's no whatever, or you need to move faster, but what goes into that? Like if, if you're looking at this drive and people are saying the team's not moving fast enough, like generally why would that occur? I guess if that's question makes any sense. Um, we're always mindful of where we're at with the clock, where we're at with our timeouts. Um, yeah. So I don't know what people you're talking about, but uh, it's something that, you know, there's various tempos we use and, and uh, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would say. The announcers were talking about sense of urgency. I'm sure you love that term, but I didn't know if that was a getting in a play call thing or just getting the players to run the plays faster or whatever. So I was just, I just didn't know your thoughts yeah. on that. I, I don't know either. And, and look, we always, I think we'll play, we pay close attention to our, our tempo. Sean, during, during that time in the game, just with Taysom Hill is, is there any, sorry, there's some echo here. Is there any time where without Drew Brees running that two minute offense, can be a little bit tougher from a no huddle standpoint, just with Taysom Hill and his knowledge of the offense. Is there any difference there or, or no? Listen, absolutely. I think that's an easy question to answer. <laughs> when when you take someone who's played along as long as Drew, you know, is the two minute the same? It's it's obviously going to be different. Um, yeah, I mean, I, significantly, obviously, from an experience standpoint. You see, ESPN1420.com, I'm Scott Prather. You, you hear Sean Payton in postgame, and you know how it's a game where the Saints just flat out got beat and played bad? You can usually just listen to a, a press conference. When you lose a close game, and I understand that they only lost by three and they almost had the onside kick, but they, they, they got their tails kicked yesterday. When you lose like that, how much analysis is there? You know, you're not going to get any questions about some call or some ref. You're not going to get a question about what went wrong on the final play of the game or a kick or a crucial mistake by a player. It's very simple. I mean, he wasn't even, he wasn't, he didn't, I'm not saying he was happy, but he didn't even seem like he was in a bad mood. Whenever you just straight up get beat, it's kind of, okay. I mean, it's not the playoffs. Obviously, you feel a little different if the season ends. It's like, yeah, very just straightforward to the point. I know I've been breaking down various plays and aspects of the game, but they got beat by a bad team. They played bad. They got outplayed. Taysom has his struggles, which I've pointed out, a number of which, whether it be throwing or reading his own defense, whether it be throwing while on the run, whether it be his feel for pressure in the pocket. Yeah, bottom of the hour. Again, 269-1077. Last hour we talked to Coach Napier, talked some college football Saints, Eagles, little Cajun hoops as well. Cajun women's hoops today. On the road in Baton Rouge against LSU. They scheduled that one on Friday after their game Saturday for Southeastern got canceled. And uh, that game will be here tonight. 445 pregame, 5 o'clock tip. If you're looking for the Louisiana Basketball Live Coach Bob Marlin Coaches Show, that'll air tonight on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Programming note. Let's back to the phone lines at 269-1077. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm good, Mike. How are you doing? 
Okay, okay. Well, I was doing better Saturday night after that basketball game than I was Sunday uh, night. But anyway. That second half by the Cajuns Saturday, um, that was awesome. That was yeah. – Cedric Russell was fantastic throughout, but the second half uh, – I'll just quickly say, I don't know if you heard last hour, something that really stood out to me in talking uh, to some of the players after the game was the acknowledgement that while they didn't come right out and say it, the acknowledgement that, you know what, last year's team, that, that it probably would have gone down differently in the second half uh, and just how together this year's team is as a unit. And you're only five games into the season, but that that was really, uh, in a good way, that really stood out to me uh, uh, from, from well, that Well, last year's team didn't have the defensive ability. This one does all the rebounding. The kid from New York really encouraged me because he's just a pure freshman. But anyway, as far as the Saints, that's what I really called about is the uh, – Play call that you'd been discussed at Anthem. Peyton said something yesterday afternoon when I heard it, and I heard it just listened to it again today that really tells me how bad the play call was. That it was a shot play. The way the offensive line was blocking was terrible all day, and he was looking to score, to uh, throw the ball deep. That's one of the reasons Peyton Taysom held the ball so long, because he was looking for somebody to get open deep. That's why he didn't see Thomas, because he was looking for somebody deep. Obviously, nobody was open. So calling a shot play on fourth and two, I guess he figured they weren't going to look for that. They figured the Saints would go first down and just have somebody at the sticks, well, it doesn't matter. If you can't block long enough to get the ball down the and, field. And, and, and uh, you, look, you've already got the momentum at that point. It's 17-14. It's to 14. You scored 14 unanswered. You shut them out in the second half to this point. This is with less than 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So, but, I mean, like, just get, get the first down. Don't call a yeah, play with a half-field read with a moving pocket when the when your O-line has struggled to protect and you've got a quarterback that doesn't throw when he's on the move. Like, nothing about it made sense. I will say this, though. I don't think that he called a terrible game given the circumstances. I thought there were other plays where the the, the, the play was there. They just they, The offense just didn't get it done, whether Hill didn't throw it. There were some deep ball opportunities where if he takes two steps – up in the pocket and lets a rip, it probably works out. But he just, he's not, not playing good. He's just not there. He's, he's hes just not that kind of player. I mean, that's just the reality of this. Well, that doesn't mean he can't improve. And, and beyond that, believe me, he wasn't that game yesterday. Of course not. The whole team played awful. I mean, I, I'm trying to find one guy that played good yesterday, and I'm i am having trouble, honestly. Yeah. Well, the shot play to me is what stands up. Don't go to ball. You get the first down. If you think they can stop you at the sticks, don't call a shot play. Call something intermediate. So that's what stood out to me more than everything to call. Is don't throw the ball deep on the offensive line, sucked all day on 42. And actually, the play to make you know what the correct call there was? Punt the ball. <laughs> that's been the correct call. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's. Yeah, you can knock him down inside the 10, stuff like that. But anyway, the, 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 the shot play. That's just not. Way, like, Sean Payton and Doug Peterson as well, they're not going to do that. I mean, fourth and two at your own 42, they're going to they're gonna go for it every time in a close game. It's just what they're going to do. They're aggressive. I mean, sometimes it works, and when it works, it's awesome. But when it doesn't, you know, it falls flat. But they're not gonna, they're not gonna change who they are. I mean, if if you replay that situation twenty times, they're gonna go for it every single time. Hopefully, he doesn't call the same play call every single time, but he's gonna go for it every single time. You're probably right. But to his credit, he did in his things admit that he wanted that that call back. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he admitted it. Sure. I, I think we he all did, want it. I think that. we all want it back, Mike. <laughs> Yeah, he's the one who made the decision. So sometimes, you know, the guys don't take credit for their mistake. He did there, so I respect oh, yeah. for that. Again, All right. I appreciate the call. Just in hearing Sean after the game. If, you, if, if, if you've listened to enough of Sean Payton over the years, 
you could not know the final score and all you got to do is listen to the to the post-game press conference and you will get an idea of exactly how the game played out. Win or lose, but not just how they won or how they lost, the way they won and the way they lost. Is there room for improvement for Hill? Sure. But, I mean, I, I, I maintain that I have serious questions about his long-term ability to be the starting quarterback. Serious questions. And I don't know if he'll get a chance against Kansas City. And could he play better if he does? Sure. Everyone's going to need to play better, though, if he wants any shot at it. Because the defense was bad in the first half. It was like they were surprised somehow that Jayla Hurts was running effectively when they're playing man coverage and they don't have a spy and the defensive ends did a horrific job of containing them. And what about the special? Been really good the last few years for the Saints. Has missed three field goals in two weeks. Two of them yesterday could have been a big difference in the outcome of the game. What about the onside kick? You did everything right except you got manhandled under the pile and you couldn't recover the ball. In the grand scheme of things, yesterday's game is not a tell-all by any stretch. The defense started slow. They looked a little better in the second half. Is Will Lutz suddenly a bad kicker? Of course not. The real big, like, like aspects of that game where the team played bad yesterday, whether it be defensively or on special teams, that's not, or, or even on the O-line. The O-line kind of makes me nervous, I'll be honest. But defense and special teams, like, I... I'm not hanging on to that. I think they're going to be fine. But the Taysom Hill situation, you know, that's the one. Not just for this week or perhaps the week after, but beyond 2020. Saints need Drew Brees back at some point. They want to make any kind of run. And they can. They've got a really deep roster. They've got a really good team. And yesterday, they played bad, and they straight up got beat by a really bad team. They did. They did. Saints underperformed. Bottom line. And they didn't pressure Hurts much. They called bad defense. Trying to find one person that played well yesterday. I guess Michael Thomas played okay. All right, there's one. Actually, I take it back. I'm not giving any compliments for how they played yesterday. None. Nope. Not going to do it. ESPN 1420, ESPN 1420, and the ESPN 1420 app. Got some more post-game sound for you. Malcolm Jenkins, Taysom Hill, their thoughts on how yesterday unfolded. It's all coming your way next right here on the Great Scott Show, ESPN 1420.com. Welcome back into the show, everybody. Weather for you today from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Cloudy, windy, cold, high of 50. Wind chills in the low 40s all day. Tonight, clearing cold, low of 48. Tomorrow, 40% chance of showers. Cloudy. Traffic update for you. There is a vehicle accident, 100 Albertsons Parkway in Broussard. 
Be careful out on the road, everybody. Steve Pelican's got beyond the game. We got Rage Occasion Women's Hoops. Gary Broadhead squad at LSU tonight. Five o'clock tip, 445 pregame here. Louisiana Basketball Live, also known as the Coaches Show, for many of you, will air over on News Talk 96.5 KPEL tonight. You got men's hoops tomorrow. You got another women's game on Wednesday. Got the Sunbelt Conference Championship game at 2.30 on Saturday for UL. Got Acadian Record Rim football here Friday night against Destrahan. Got Cajun basketball Saturday against McNeese. We got a lot in store for you. Got women's basketball on Sunday. A lot of broadcasts on the air this week. We're also going to be airing a number of bowl games, including uh, the New Orleans Bowl, which is scheduled for December 23rd, and the opponents for that one have been revealed. Louisiana Tech taking on Georgia Southern. La Tech will go into that one a bit beat up. You know, the bowl games this year, again, just different feel. Different feel. It, it's not like you go somewhere and you spend a week and you soak it in and do all this stuff you typically do. Maybe I, for the Cajuns, unless they get into a, a New Year's Six, which a number of dominoes would have to fall, and then you know the committee would have to do the right thing. So, knock on wood, if that ever happens, doubt it. It, it just... They're probably going to be playing. They're either going to be playing on Christmas Day or the day after. 95% chance that's the odds. Well, you're playing Saturday, so you're going to play a week later during a holiday. You know, it's more of a travel in maybe a day or two before the game and leave after. It's not that whole bowl week experience, and that's going to be the case across the board this year. And, of course, you've had a number of bowl games canceled. LSU not going to a bowl game, but sure for them it felt like they won one on Saturday night. What a win. What a game. Yeah, they gave up 609 total yards and a lot of big plays and over eight yards of care. Okay. Okay, fine. It's true. I don't think they care. They got the win. They played their tails off. Max Johnson looked good, albeit in his, his first start. You know, teams will get more film on him. He looked good. Looked good under pressure. Best throw of the night was from Marco Willis when he threw a shoot 20 yards down the field. Dan Mullen claimed it was a football move. That was funny. That was the best line of the whole weekend, actually. That was the best line of the whole weekend. Oh, man. But uh, they played their tail off, man. 54 scholarship players, that was it. On the road against the number six team is a 23-and-a-half-point underdog. Probably the most surprising final of the day on Saturday. And they did that. Also losing, what, four or five players to injury during the game? It was an incredible performance. Hats off to them. You have a number of bowl matchups set. Uh, emails, Scott at ESPN1420.com. Wayne says, Scott, can you give me a rundown of bowl games that you know are happening? Uh, the New Orleans Bowls we mentioned, that's set. Georgia Southern and Louisiana Tech. The Montgomery Bowls going to have Memphis and FAU. Myrtle Beach Bowl was announced. App State's playing in that one against North Texas. The Lending Tree got announced. Georgia State and Western Kentucky. The Potato Bowl, Nevada and Tulane. Uh, the New Mexico Bowl is going to have Hawaii and Houston. The Frisco Bowl, SMU versus UT San Antonio. And uh, still waiting on some other announcements, obviously. Your select six, a lot of your New, Year, all your New Year's Day Bowls, uh, college football playoff, and 
I think the Boca Bowl. Maybe UCF says they're playing in the Boca Raton Bowl. And the Independence Bowl is going to have Army against the Pac-12 team. Okay. Those are the ones off the top of my head I know are, are officially set now with the announcement this morning. Doug emails. Says, Scott, I know basketball from a pro standpoint isn't on anyone's mind, but can you quickly give me your, your thoughts on the Pels preseason opener tonight? Um, eh, not really. I mean, my thoughts are it's a preseason opener with an entire new staff, only a week of training camp. J.J. Redick isn't playing. Eric Bledsoe isn't playing. Josh Hart might be limited. Steven Adams might be limited. It's it's an exhibition. I mean, the Pels, they, they usually play well in exhibitions and they never carry it over into actual real games. Yeah, no, not, not going to draw any conclusions. It'll be nice if we get a couple of highlights of Zion dunking in someone's face and we'll probably all overreact and get excited, but that's that's all it is. I, I, I can't draw any conclusions about the Pelicans once the regular season starts. It's going to be a while. The most tenured player on the roster, and I kid you not, is Zion Williamson. He's 20. He's the longest tenured player on the team. So to say that it's a, it's a whole new regime, come on. Come on. That'll be fun to watch, though. Maybe not tonight in an exhibition game. I'll probably watch... Not live, it's at six. Try to listen to a bit of the Cajuns basketball game, the women's game against LSU and obviously deal with kids. Those Saints 325 games, there's so many of them this year, and it is it is just not it is not an ideal time. As a father of three. It is just not. As a father of a five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, you got to get really creative. I got to walk around sometimes. I got the game on on my phone, then it's back in the living room, then it's changing the diaper, then it's dealing with one of them screaming and another one yelling, and they're all wondering why they're not getting more attention and why am I yelling at a TV or why do I look as happy or sad over something that it just it's just at noon, you know, some of the younger ones I can get to nap through a lot of it, and then my son he'll he'll watch some of it or he'll do something else. If it's a night game, you know, it's a little hairy early, but then they get in bed and then I can just kind of sit back and watch. Those three, those, those, those 3 p.m. games or 325, they're just another one next week. And then you got one on Christmas Day. And then you finally play at noon on January the 3rd. What, what, what is the ideal time? You know, when I was young growing up, it was, man, a primetime game. Of course, Saints didn't play in too many. There were some college games I watched, obviously, that were at night. But from an NFL standpoint, they didn't get on primetime too much when I was young because they weren't good. When they did, it felt like a really big deal. But, like, noon is the time, right? Noon is the perfect time. Like, even even as a, as a dad with young kids now, I still feel like noon is the ideal time. A night game isn't bad, but then it's like if I have to write the story, then it's, like, super late. At noon, it, it's noon. It's noon. Saints had, what, five noon games this year? They've had four. They have one more. 16-game season. Yeah. Yes, I know the alternative is being a you know a bad team in a central time zone, so you have most of your games at noon. I, I, I get it. I'm not saying I've traded, but only five? Seems a bit slim, doesn't it? Seems a bit slim. 
ESPN1420.com. Appreciate the emails. Appreciate the calls. Appreciate you guys listening. Malcolm Jenkins yesterday going up against his former team in the Eagles. Had a couple of thoughts. Uh, what kind of stress did Jalen Hurts put on you just with his legs today? And uh, yeah, whether it was extending plays or, uh, or you know, those design run plays. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious that his ability to, to run and not only, you know, put stress on us as a defense in the run game, but also in the pass game. Uh, his ability to scramble just adds another element into offense. You know, you need all 11 to be able to stop the run. Uh, so they did a great job, you know, obviously giving him um, opportunistic looks, good runs, good passes to be able to take care of the football and not put him in really harm's way. Uh, and he executed. So hats off to them. From Rod Walker. Hey, Mike, how tough is this, is this loss to swallow just considering what all you all had in front of you as the number one seed and, and everything? Still got it in front of us. We just got to play. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you can't control everything but the, but the game in front of you. We thought we had an opportunity. Didn't play well uh, early in the game. Uh, dug ourselves back out. So, uh, obviously, you know, frustrating. But, you know, for us, our goals are very much still alive and in front of us. Uh, really good opponent coming up next week. So, uh, it's really about – making sure that we make the corrections and, and, and show up. Uh, All right. And uh, Taysom Mill, obviously I've been very critical of this morning. His thoughts after that performance yesterday where he wasn't the only player that struggled, but he was a quarterback and he struggled a lot. The second half there, when you guys were trying to run the two minute offense, when you got the ball starting about six twenty two. Is there a certain part of your offense that from a no huddle standpoint, you and Sean Payton are still trying to be able to get on the same page? And I, I asked that just because it seemed like you guys chewed up a lot of clock and I know you had to huddle sometimes. I mean, do you feel like you guys can fully operate no huddle at, at this point four weeks in, or is that still kind of a, a work in progress? Oh, I, I feel like we can. Um, I, I think there's an element of what we're doing offensively is, is so personnel driven. And so I think sometimes when we're trying to, we're obviously trying to go fast and, and knew we were up against the clock and needed to score, but um, we wanted to make sure we were running our, our best stuff. Um, and some of that, as I mentioned, is, is personnel driven, where you start to do two minute stuff, you're really limited in your substitutions and, uh, and, and what you can do. So um that, that was really uh, the reason why we were doing what we did um, at that point. Next one's from Rod Walker. Hey, Tyson, Sean talked about the, the slow, flat first half. Um, what do you attribute that to, the offense just not being able to move? You know, I, I don't know. I, I, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to say just without watching the film, but I just felt like there were little things every drive that, that killed, killed drives, you know, and, and we weren't converted on third down. And, and some of those were favorable situations, you know, where we were third and short and, um, you know, man, manageable where you're trying to get to. Um, so look, I, I, at the end of the day, I, I think we, we obviously came out flat and, um, I think you 